Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B-R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoop B Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. Yo. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. Give you the business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the GOAT. So why ask? Watch out, watch out. About it. If he naming them, ScoopB.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. In your airwaves, on the plane, on the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoop B Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, most importantly, that you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, which is available on all podcasts and streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. And one of the reasons why is because we get newsmakers 
who call in. And on the line right now is a guy who is an NBA legend, and in my opinion, doesn't always get the just due uh, that he deserves. And it's none other than Nick Anderson. <laughs> What's going on, Jay? Hey, man, I'm just trying to stay in my lane, man. I know. know it. You, you, Many people talk about Simeon's uh, career academy, and Derek Rose easily comes to mind. I, I'm curious to know. Everybody talks about Simeon and just the greatness that produces. Just in and out. Rebound to Knight. Down court quickly to Anderson. He doesn't jam. He just puts in the layup. It counts the same on the scoreboard, a 22-13 to 13 Simeon advantage. Uh, and I feel the same way about Oak Hill Academy. Everybody recognizes the latest, but sometimes you got to go a little further back. They're playing man-to-man. Jenkins missed the ball as he went for the steal. Anderson took it in unmolested for the layup. 4.37 to go. Deion Butler has the ball. That's what's made this game so interesting, Ray. Ebb and Flo, Carver always coming back. Simeon regaining control. Let's see if they can do it here. They go right away to Anderson. Shots him. Wow. He posts up very strongly. Um, <laughs> you were the Simeon Career Academy. What was that school like pre Derrick Rose and even pre you? Yeah, it was. It was. It's been a championship uh, school for for many many years, even before I stepped foot in that door. Um, I know you you're very familiar with my uh, high school teammate who was shot and killed, Benjamin Wilson. At center for the Wolverines, a junior, six seven, number twenty five, Ben Wilson. If you haven't seen him, you're in for a treat. Twenty a game. Have a go and. You know, I want to be successful, and so I do what it takes to be successful. And that is, you know, when I go home, you know, I study and do my work and go to class. Kind of corny stuff. Well, it works. Inside, Bankston drops it down to Wilson for a turnaround. Look at Simeon. Wilson slides down the lane. Yeah, yeah, that was my high school teammate, and uh, Benji, Tim Bankston, Rodney Hall, all those guys before me put Simeon on the map. So I'm just a a product of of those guys. You know, those guys are the ones who need to be getting all the the praise and and, and glory, but because they were before me, and after me is you name the guy, you know, Derek Rose. You had Bobby Simmons, Jabari Parker. You had Kendrick Nunn, who plays for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a couple of other guys who who are in the league that come out of Simeon. So, you know, I'm I'm like I said before, I'm just a uh, a, a product of, of what somebody else started. Those guys are the ones who need to be getting all the credit. So tell me something, Nick. You, you talked about Benji. I've heard a lot of stories uh, for those who are listening. The number 25 is the reason why Derrick Rose wears number 25. Uh, and you wore 25. Uh, Way before it. Derrick Rose, you know. When I come <laughs> out of – me and Benji, we had we had something special together. He was a good – my teammate, good friend. <laughs> and we made plans to, to, to go to the same school, all that. But make a long story short, as you know what happened to him, uh, I – I kept that legacy going. Uh, I went to the University of Illinois. I wore number 25. And everybody else, 
came after me wore 25. Even Jawan Howard, who attended CVS Chicago Vocational High School in Chicago, he wore 25 in Michigan. So all those guys came after me wore number 25. Guys who came from Simeon and, and, and uh, went on to the University of Illinois to play basketball. Those guys carry 25 uh, to where it is today. So it, it started way back and uh, for for a great reason, and that's Benji Wilson. And for those who are paying attention, uh, Benji Wilson was considered one of the top high school uh, basketball players in the United States uh, by scouts and coaches attending the 1984 Athletes for Better Education basketball camp. Um, Chicago native, uh, tragic death um, that uh, has many people still holding him in, in high regard today. Um, and as you mentioned, Simeon basketball team remained sequestered in the teacher's lounge for the rest of the day after it happened. And, um, you know, but across the, the, the city of Chicago, Benji is uh, highly regarded. I'm curious from your perspective, um, if Benji was alive to tell his story um, and had made it to the NBA, what impact do, do you think he would have made? Uh, you know, when when I when I look at I think about Benji, and this is my own personal opinion. I I see uh, him on the floor right now, and that's Kevin Durant. Hmm. That's Benji Wilson in my my eyes. Uh, Scoop, a guy that was six uh, nine, they can do it all. Put the ball on the floor. You know, just you foresee you don't see guys of that. Aside being able to to do the things that Kevin Durant does, uh, a Benji Wilson. So I see I see my good friend and my teammate on the floor right now uh, as I watch Kevin Durant. Nick the Quick, six uh, six guard out of University of Illinois. We're gonna get to that in a minute, uh, but you were the ninth, the eleventh pick in the nineteen eighty nine. NBA draft by the Orlando Magic. In the 1989 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selects Nick Anderson from the University of Illinois. We've got an outstanding player. He's, he's going to take some, some time, perhaps, to develop, but we've got a guy standing myself. Hey, Nick, this is it. Uh, when they picked me, I was like, Orlando. Um, I remember from me, growing up, when Michael Jordan retired, I was an Orlando Magic fan. <laughs> was the guy. You were the guy. Penny was the guy. Dennis Scott was the guy. I remember Tree Rollins. I remember Scott Skiles. I remember Anthony Avent. Just you guys. We're going to take it all the way back, huh? Listen, man, <laughs> I, it, it goes back to NBA Inside Stuff days. It goes back to, like, all wow. those NBA home videos. Like, I remember the do 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 Like, all that. Dope. <laughs> what was that Orlando Magic team like back in the day? It was, it was, you know, the thing that I loved about us 
we were we were a unit. And when I say a unit, not only we were a unit on the floor, but we were a unit off the floor. We did so much to, together. You know, being here in Orlando, we were able to get out on, you know, uh, boats. Shaq had a big, pretty boat, Brian Shaw, and you know, all us. And we went on, we went on the lakes and hung out, and you know, we did a lot of things together. You know, when you have that camaraderie away from the floor, as well as all uh, out on the floor, man, that can do a lot for you. And, and I tell people, let's not forget, we were a very young, young basketball team that won so early and so fast. <laughs> Very young, uh, but it was, those was great times. <sighs> it was cool. You guys had a, you yeah. know, it was tied to Walt Disney. You had like a like a wizard at one point that was like your mascot. Um, you know, you were having these expansion Florida teams coming around during that time. The Miami Heat, the Orlando Magic. You had Shaq come in. You were already somebody coming out of the University of Illinois. Pre-Shaq, what were the Magic like? Well, it was it was tough for us to to, to muster up uh, uh, wins. Uh, it was very extremely tough. But you know, I played with a, a bunch of veteran guys who were on other teams, and someone who mentored me, and I still have to give them praise to, to this day. And that's that's Sidney Green and Sam Vincent. Those guys mm-hmm. were, good, were good mentors to me, and along with Scott Skiles. You know, you, you know. Reggie Theus, Otis Smith. I, I played on the team with those guys. So, you know, to start a, 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 a new team organization down in Orlando, I couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, it was it was a great experience. It's something that I always cherish. Uh, you know, I talked to my sons about it because, you know, they weren't even around when the team started. So <laughs> it's, some, it's something that I can share. There's moments times, something that you'll never forget. And I can say that many can't say that they were the first. I was the first <laughs> draft pick in the team's history. And Scott had it stripped. Now the Magic run a break. Four on one. Skiles Anderson laying. A nice job, Dennis Scott. Anderson around the screen. It's cut off nicely by Sally who helped out. Now they try to isolate Nick and Rice. Anderson cuts, finger rolls, beautiful. Anderson backs in, turnaround jumper, foul score. Well, I'll tell you what, if you've got a fantasy league team, you might want to consider number 25. I just, I just remember a lot. It was just good times. It's, it's, it's a funny question. It's real, it's funny, but it's sarcastic at the same time. Can you name any other teams who their first draft pick were and do you guys have a first draft pick of a team convention? Like, seriously, like, aside from you, can you name any other teams that, that or players that have that distinct honor? No, I cannot. I, you know, you can say a number one overall draft pick, but you say the number one pick in the team's history, I don't believe I can sit back and, and muster up a guy and, and say that. There might be. I'm not saying that it isn't. Sure. I can't think of one. Sure. If you guys, if you are Orlando Magic team, has stayed together. Um, oh man! I, I, <laughs> you go ahead and fill the blanks. Go ahead. Uh, we, I was on a radio show, and that question came up: What if? Man, man, man! You think about 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody who may be listening and and and, and who really is a historian, I believe we were, uh, if not one of the youngest teams in NBA history, or the youngest in, team in NBA history, to get to the NBA Finals. I think we were average up there with with yeah. the Thunder, with the Thunder with KD, Harden, and and, and, yeah. and Russell for sure. Yeah, and and. and you know, you think about the average age. I don't think it was more than maybe twenty-five, if if I'm if I may be correct. Mm-hmm. But you know, you think about what if that team would have had the opportunity to grow four, five, six, seven more years, hmm. and you keep adding pieces, and the sky would could have been the limit. It was it was it was special. I don't I don't. Not one day to go past and say I did not enjoy my time uh, doing those, those those times. I had a ball. I had a ball. It was it was beautiful times. I asked Shaq this um, because I think you're a part of this too. I, I was with him in the fall, and I asked him about the difference between having your jersey retired and having a ring of honor. And I know certainly like in the WNBA, they have ring of honors. Right. You guys don't have jersey retirements. Why is that a thing? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why any jerseys haven't been retired. I wouldn't say that we don't have them. They just have, have not retired anyone's jersey yet. Maybe that's something to, to, to come here in the near future, but when you when you go and think about guys having their jerseys retired, you know there's a lot of names that you can throw up there and say who should be first. You know I would never pat myself on the back and say I should be first because I, I I'm the first draft pick in the team's history. No, you know you look at the accomplishments that came through here and you, with Shaq, Kenny. Tracy McGrady, you know, you go on and on. It just, it's special. And I, I can say this, Scoop, uh, man, I'm just happy to have been a part of yeah. all of this. You know, I, I'm not a selfish guy. I wasn't a selfish guy on the floor, and I'm not a selfish guy away from the floor. Nick for three. Got oh, it. Boy. Oh, he is on fire. What a big, big basket that was. You know, I respect all these guys, and they have just do just like anybody else, you know. They they should be mentioned in the conversation as well as many others. You um Nick Anderson on the line with Scoopy Radio talking Radio. everything hoops. Um many people know you as an Orlando Magic, you were a Sacramento King, you were a Memphis Grizzly player as well. Um Shaq was on my podcast not too long ago, and I made this assessment, and it kind of ties into the intro of this podcast where I said many people are, are kind of overlooked, and I think that with this Jordan documentary, and we'll get to that in a minute, but with many people overlooked, they're mentioning names that were on, you know, uh, upper deck cards that people may have forgotten that were, that were, you know, and I think with you, for example, you played in an era where many people paid attention to Michael. We get that. Then, but there are other guys who are overlooked. You look at Gary Payton. You look at Reggie Miller. You look at Hakeem Olajuwon, who you played against in the NBA Finals. And Shaq made this analogy. He said, you know, McDonald's is a, is, is a brand that people trust, right? But within McDonald's, you have the Big Mac. Everybody likes the Big Mac. That's the favorite. But then 
you have other gems. You have chicken nuggets. You have fillet of fish. You have, um, you, you know, you, you have. I don't want to give them all a free promo, but you get my point. Right. When you look at just the '90s era of basketball, you know, you had Charles Barkley, you had Sean Kemp, you had the Kimmy Mutombo. Do you think we were just spoiled with the amount of talent that was in the league in comparison to now? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that is somewhat true, but you have to look at the times. These young, young, supposedly superstars and their whatever right that may be, they they have no clue. They wasn't around to to see that. The only thing they see is on TV. But to to live it, to an experience it, then you know you get to you get around some I say some older cats and young ladies who who are who are sports fans and fanatics and they know they know that there was plenty of superstars. See, kids today think if you don't if you can't cross nobody over, you can't play. If you don't, you can play. They have no clue of of being what is being an all-around player, being able to do a little bit of everything in, in, in your game instead of, hey, kids today, a lot of I'm not, I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, you got a lot of kids say, well, if you don't average 20 points a game, you can't play. You know, there's, there's guys like, you know, you need a, a Dennis Rodman who does the dirty work and rebound and, and, and that, the Patrick Beverly's and stuff like that. Those guys mean a lot to teams, mm-hmm. but the young the young generation to get out their head that oh, just because I can dunk a basketball or I can cross somebody over, I can play. No, that doesn't mean that. Contribute in your own little ways to help team win ball games. Like you say, you go back to you will say this and I'll say this. There's no I in team. <laughs> but you know what Kobe said after that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Said, there's, there's that, what is it, an F-E-T? Don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but young guys got to understand that you got your Steph Curry's, you got your Westbrook's, you got your Harden's, you got your LeBron James. Right. Every night, everybody's not going to be that caliber of player. But you can last a long time in this league, rebounding, playing good defense, being a good teammate. See, those are the little things that that coaches and organizations they 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 look at. And I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears for a minute. Talk to me. As 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 good as a football player he is, and he's surely the top talent of five receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But once you become a cancer to a team, and I'm speaking of Antonio Brown, right? No matter no matter how good your talent is, sometimes some of the stuff you do it just ain't worth it. Hmm. It's just not worth it. Now you sitting at home, and I feel sorry for the young brother. All you got to do is go and I'm a, I'm a, here's another great example. Do like Tim Duncan do. Go to the gym, do your job, win championships, go home. Hmm. That's all you got to do. What's wrong with Tim Duncan? Oh, Tim Duncan ain't flashy. 
Tim Duncan was a beast, a dog, however you want to put it. Tim Duncan went to the gym. He worked on his craft. He helped San Antonio win championships. They loved Tim Duncan in San Antonio. They left Tim Duncan all over. What's wrong with being a Tim Duncan? You you have to do that. Exactly. I think it goes back to your point about Duncan, what you said about um, everybody thinks crossing over is winning a championship, basically. I think flash to a lot of people wins, but I think fundamentally sound is boring. You know, I use this analogy often. Exactly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to cut you off. You're right. Uh, fundamentally sound it is boring. But right. Let, let, let's let's say this. You see a lot of these European uh, players come over. They not athletic. Can't jump to the moon. Some of them, but a majority of them, they know how to come off a cross down screen. They know how to set a good screen for uh, their teammate to get open for himself to get open. They know how to hit a wide open jump shot. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Coaches look for some fundamentally sound players. There's nothing wrong with that. And think of this, Scoop. All right, let's say you got the most athletic guy in the gym. Right. He can jump over the backboard. He getting tip slams. He doing it all. He can't shoot no jump shot. He running the floor. Okay, God forbid you hurt that knee or that ankle. You can't jump like that no more. You can't. You don't get rebounds like that. See, there's nothing wrong with what I call having a floor game. Reggie Miller had a floor game. Mm-hmm. Reggie Miller come off screen. Reggie Miller know how to set, out, set a, a, a pick and get open. You can still possibly do those things if you have an injury like that. Ray Allen That's my point. Ray, Ray Allen transitioned in that regard. So did Dwayne Wade. See, a lot of people don't know how athletic Ray Allen was. Yeah, in Milwaukee. No, exactly. They don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. They don't have a clue. So I, I tell young men and women today, there's nothing wrong with being fundamentally sound. Yeah. Being able to go out and get you four, five rebounds from a guard position, assisting, playing good, solid defense, being a good teammate on the floor, off the floor. There's nothing wrong with Everybody can't get the McDonald's and Burger King and all that commercials. It's not going to happen. But you can make a good living doing the other things, too. Which leads me to my next point. Derrick Rose. We talked about him at the beginning being an alum of Simeon. Uh, Dwayne Wade told me uh, that he liked um, Derrick Rose's transition from being an explosive guy to just being a good floor general, uh, a good shooter, um, and just a good teammate overall. You hear it often in locker rooms. Carl Anthony Towns has been vocal about that. Um, you know, Jamal Crawford and, you know, Jabari Parker and uh, all those guys. And so I'm up, the floor is yours in this regard. What do you like about Derrick Rose's transition uh, in the NBA ranks? Well, man, D. Rose always talk whenever he comes to Orlando to play. And we always sit down. At first he had a struggle with, you know, being D. D. Rose, the youngest player in NBA history to win an MVP award. Mm-hmm. Then he sustained those injuries. That's going to bother anybody. That bothers anybody. And he had that struggle with making that transition. I wouldn't say from the game standpoint, but mentally. Mentally, 
as as I don't want to use falling from grace. No, because injuries were were what he succumbed to, not falling exactly, from grace. Exactly. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't women. Exactly. It was, he got hurt. He got hurt. But how soon we forget. And then you still you look at D Rose today. He might not be the D Rose that won the MVP, but he's still D Rose. He still has some explosiveness. He still knows how to get to the basket and, and finish like that. But again, it, the thing that was he was dealing with was the mental aspect of it. Having injuries like that, you know, you you, you questioning the things that you can do. I scoop. I was there. I was there. I, I was there. And it affect my game. And I'm going to share this with you. And I shared this with uh, uh, some guys when I did another radio show. When I missed those four free throws in, in against Houston, I would be lying on the other end of this, this phone to tell you that didn't affect me. It, it affected me because I'm out there trying my best. I'm trying my best. And it didn't happen. And, you know, look at the stage you was on. I was on at the time. Yeah. And you were young. I was young, yeah. Did it affect me? I'm man enough to say, yes, it did affect me in some ways. I started questioning my ability and all that. I started questioning, well, I don't want to shoot this shot. I did it. <laughs> I did it. That makes a lot of sense. I would imagine. I it's, it's, it's almost like when you're coming back from an injury, when you tear your ACL, your Achilles, you have to teach yourself to sh- to walk all over again. Yeah, yeah. But instead of instead of me working on it, I let it get the best of me. And and then I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm man enough to admit this. I should have gotten some type of therapy for it. Hmm. I should have. I should have. You never did. I never did. What's stopping you now? Actually, nothing stopping me because I'm doing it. <laughs> Good. Yep. Good. A brother is doing it. Yeah. Scoopy ready on the line with Nick Anderson talking about basketball, NBA Finals, Michael Jordan. Listen, man, I know you saw the. Uh, you've been keeping up with the last dance. Have you been? Yeah. Oh yeah. No question. Oh yeah. So I was young. And I remember, but I remember that 95 uh, semis when you got to play the Bulls and Michael switched back from 45 to 23. <laughs> this is a two-part question. I don't want it to be cheesy. I'm going to ask this question. When I watch Isaiah Thomas and his issues with Michael, I felt like my, that Isaiah Thomas had the burden of representation of being from Chicago and playing for the Pistons and playing against a guy who was the man in his hometown. Comparatively, did you feel the same way? Yeah, he had the representation. Yeah, he, he did. And I and and, and, I, and I love Isaiah. I grew up on the Zeke, my mentor growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a competitor, we all like to compete. We say things. We do things out on the floor that we – we shouldn't do, we shouldn't say. And some of the stuff that I, I, I hear on the floor, I would never repeat in front of some parents. Right. I would never. But 
and this is my own personal opinion. I don't care how heated it is. After that series, there's no way in the world that I will walk past you, Scoop. You've been my nemesis for so long, and I finally got past you. There's no way that I will walk past you and not shake your hand. I wouldn't do it. That's just my own personal opinion. Maybe some feel different than the way that I feel, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done you like that. Hmm. I, I wouldn't have done you like that. I don't care how many times you just knocked me down, uh, things like that. I wouldn't have done you like that. That's just me now. I can't speak for anybody else on the way that they feel about the situation. Right. And, 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 and I personally thought that was something that caught up with Zeke. Hmm. We caught up. Look at who was who went out there. Who shook hands? It was John Sally, Joe Dumars, and one other guy, I believe it is. Vinny Johnson. And, and Vinny Johnson. Right. And, and I tell I tell you this. I I'm, I was before I got to the league. I was always a Joe Dumars fan of his game, the way he carried himself on the court and off the court. So. I tried to model my game after Joe Dumars hmm. because I think he is a class act, and he showed that he was a class act. But again, I really think that that situation really rubbed people in higher positions the wrong way. I really, that's, that's, I might be wrong. But I personally think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Fast forward to the semifinals against the Bulls. Um, Jordan was wearing number 45. And I, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about that Jay-Z line, Encore, come back like Jordan wearing the 4-5 and ain't to play games with you. But he brings back 23, and he did come to play games with you guys. He did because you said – that Jordan did not look like the old Michael Jordan. And you said, in fact, 45 doesn't explode like 23 used to. In yeah. your mind, was that a psychological advantage? Or did you really mean that shit? That was just, a, that was just I was just asking, ask, answering a question. Hmm. But okay. The question was took out of context. I, I, I don't know how many games it was that MJ only had played. Okay. I think it, was, it wasn't that many. And, of course, I had a full season. He didn't have a full season. So he didn't have his legs like like anybody else would. But they took it as though I was saying, oh, number 45 can't play like 23. But oh. it was said. That's how it was taken. So I had to live with it. Yeah. Did you ever, like, tell reporters or were mad at them almost like, yo, y'all messed up? Like, why was this – was this ever corrected? No, no, I didn't because it was already out there. Okay. It was already – it was – and there was no – me and MJ, that's my boy. There was no ill intent to us, him. But so, that's how – that's how it was, it was put out there. So from your perspective – 
you don't feel as though he switched back to 23 based off of what you said? Yeah, he did. He did that. But the question was, they made it seem like I said that 45 uh, is nowhere near 23. Gotcha. It was tone and inflection. Right. And reading it versus hearing it in audio or seeing it on tape can be interpreted differently based upon differently. the context. You know as well as I know, media take things and they take it out of context. They put it in the perspective that they wanted to, to be delivered in. Hmm. That's real. But, but it was out there, Scoop. So I had to I had to live with it. I had to live with it. And 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 that was that. That was that. Did you and MJ ever have a conversation about it? After after our careers over, because me and MJ used to hang out all the time. I lived in Atlanta and me you know, Charles Oakley is my ace coon boom. Right. All of us used to go out and enjoy ourselves, eat cold beers, you know, just hang out. Right. And, and, and man, just as close, close as it can be. Let me scoop. Look, notice, notice when I, when I, in that, in those games, did you see what shoe I had on? I had you had on the 10. You had the white, red, bright blue and, and black 10. This nigga. With number, number 25 on it. Yeah. Who, who are you, why do you think the reason I had those shoes? Because you're from Chicago and everybody wanted to be like Mike. Huh? <laughs> he, he was one of, he picked me as one of the guys to wear his shoes when he retired. You and Kendall Hill and Harold Miner. Come on now. He's the reason why I, I was so in deep with Nike and still is to today because of MJ. MJ made all that happen for me. Mm-hmm. All that. That was because of MJ. Not because of Nick Anderson. It was because of MJ. Hmm. You know, I'm not going to... You know, that's my dude. Right. That's, I have the utmost respect for him. Yeah, we... we did we compete? Yes. Yeah. But there's, there's no ill will that I have against MJ. No. Hmm. But like I said, a reporter took it and made it what they wanted it to be, not what actually was how it was presented. From your perspective, how has the internet given athletes an equal balance in their message in a situation like with you and Mike and the 4523 thing came about then? Like, so if the internet, like it is, social media was out back then. How would you have been able to change that message back then? I would have, you know, more people would have been able to hear my side, what was actually said. Hmm. See, the young guys today, they have it so good, you can, you can, you can go back and, and really, what, what, how do, what was the word? Dispute, whatever. There's no, who can I call right now after all this time passed and say, well, you know, this was this was this was really what was really said. And people were like, "Yeah, whatever." Hmm. Well, yeah. So I just I just it's something you you live with, man. Uh, 
and I, I say this, and I say this with all due respect to all the guys that I played against in the league, all of them. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player I ever faced. Hmm. Ever. And like I said, and I'm not no disrespect to any other player that I've ever faced. That's just my opinion. No, and, that's and, real. And, and I think that gentlemen first. <laughs> You know, you know, I, I, I hear this debate twenty four seven. LeBron, MJ, and this, I'm a LeBron James fan to no end. But there'll never be another number twenty three dude. Was Kobe close? Kobe was Kobe was a foot from being in the door. A half a foot. A half a foot. Did you hear when MJ gave his speech at his at his um, memorial? Memorial mm-hmm. that Kobe would call him twenty four seven, twenty four seven, picking his brain. And I say this to young guys today: it's nothing wrong with doing that, trying to pick somebody's brain, somebody who you wanna. Emulate. I want to be like him. I want to accomplish things that he accomplished or she accomplished. Let me go see what did they do? How did they go about it? Young kids today, Scoop, they got this, oh, I don't need him. Everybody needs somebody, whether you want to admit it or not. I needed somebody to show me the way. And then, and then, I say to those who are coming today, and there's going to be some after you. Respect the game. Respect who came before you, because young brother, young sister, for you to have what you have, somebody sacrificed. You reaping the benefits, bro. <laughs> you reaping the benefits. All this didn't happen, bitch. Just because of you. Scoop B Radio. Respect the game. Ain't nothing wrong with a little. See, kids today don't know how to take constructive criticism. We're not saying that these guys in the, today can't play. We, no, nobody's saying that. Well, a lot of them are saying is, let me show you, let me tell you some stuff to add to your game so you can be better than what you are. But you can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them nothing. See, and then, Scoop, I'm, 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 t- I'm telling you from experience. I'm not telling you from what nobody told me. Right. Experience is a teacher, boy. Always have been. Always will be. Listen, there's nothing wrong with listening. See, see you got those who you can tell something. And they'll say, well, whatever. But you got some that'll take what you're saying and they'll apply it. Yeah. And then, just like I, I tell my son, I say, hey, man, don't do that. Because I did that and this was the outcome and it ain't gonna, they ain't going to work for you. But one or two, I'm going to say, man, I ain't listening to that. And then when it happens, 
First thing they say, you told me not to do that. That's right. Well, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing wrong with ain't nothing wrong with taking a little bit and, and, and applying it to you and, and listening. Some of them ain't. Some of them you can't tell nothing, man. Nick, tell me something. Brian Hill had two stints with the Orlando Magic as a head coach. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from him while you were playing in Orlando? I learned from Coach Hill to to play hard every night, even though that was part of uh, what I tried to do anyway. He wanted – he was the type of coach he is. He know that nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes when you're on the floor. Shouldn't you learn from the mistakes? You know as well as I know. Whatever you're doing, shouldn't you learn from the mistakes that you make? Don't keep doing the same mistake over and over. Yeah. I learned. I learned that from him. He was a. He was. He was a guy that he pushed you hard. He used to be all over my back, and sometimes I used to wonder why he all over me. That's because he's seen something in me, maybe I didn't see in myself. And I, I tell you that, and I, I, I say that to say this. I can remember being a, 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 a freshman in high school, and my father told a guy, he said, oh, man, my son's going to be an NBA player. Scoop, that was the last thing was on my mind. I listened to my father say that. And I, I'm saying, man, man, this man sees something in me that I don't even see. Sometimes people see things that you don't see. And that Coach Hill seen something in me. And he always said, man, you can give a little bit more than what you, you give him. And Scoop, I thought I was giving 110%. But he had pushed me to give more. And that's what I did, man. Damn. Huh. For the record, man, people who listen when it comes to me, Scoop, I'm a team player, man. Always have been. Anderson fakes, leads, fires, scores. He's got 40. Tell me something. As outspoken and as knowledgeable as you are, you don't do a lot of interviews. No. You're, you're very selective. Because I'm not into bashing guys. And you get some guys on these interviews that want to bash players. I get, I have people all the time want to meet us bash Shaq about, okay, you know, some of the things he said maybe when he left. You know, I look at it like this. We say a lot of things. The tongue is a powerful weapon. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the power of life and death is in the tongue as it says yes. in the Bible. Yes. And some of us say things that we really don't mean. I've I've done it. But the, I say that to say this. I'm not into bashing guys, man. I, I love Shaq like he's my my brother. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on no national television. I'm not gonna get on no radio show. I'm not gonna bash no player. I'm not into that. That's not my style. I tell people all the time if if that's what you're looking for me to do, then you got the wrong brother on the, this end of the the mic because that's not that that's not my style. Is it a fair question to ask? How did you guys, I guess, grow after he left Orlando to go to LA? Did it hurt? And how did you grow? Is that a fair question to ask? Oh yeah, that's a fair question. Oh, let me tell you this, and I, 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 I 
I have to revert back to a lot of things from my, what my father said. May he rest in peace. He said, i never forget when Shaq left to went to L.A. He said, you know your championships just went to Los Angeles. i never forget it. I will never forget it. Yeah. But at the same time, though, Scoop, Shaq did what was best for Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm not going to never question I'm not gonna never question question uh, what somebody has to do or want to do for to better themselves or what they're trying to do. I can't, I can't, I can't question that. Sure. Scoopy Radio available on all platforms. ScoopyRadio.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Everywhere in between on the line with NBA legend Nick Anderson talking everything hoops and more. Um, you had the opportunity to leave Orlando. Um, you went to Sacramento. Um, I remember those days um, because it looked like the Kings were trying to build something special um, in the Western Conference. You were an East Coast guy for most of your career from 89 until about, what, 99 when you left? Yeah. Um well, before yeah. you before you even before you even go in, more into this, Scoop, there's a lot that you don't know, and a lot of people don't know about me leaving Orlando and going to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And okay. I don't I don't think we got enough time for me to tell you. <laughs> it's a podcast, but I don't want to monopolize your time either. No, you're not monopolizing my time. Okay. You're not doing that at all, and I and you you the first I you gonna be the first I even told anybody this on the radio. All right. You are the first. Orlando, I never wanted to leave Orlando. I never now you hear this. I never wanted to leave Orlando, and this wasn't Orlando's Magic organization doing. My agent at the time and a friend of mine who I brought to Orlando went behind my back and orchestrated this because of Jason Williams. Jason Williams was a client of my agent. I helped Jason Williams with so much. And like I said, I don't believe maybe we need to Maybe we need to. I would. I would like to sit in front of you, bro, and tell this. I just don't want to just on the radio. I want. I want the world to hear this. I really do. But it's more to it, Scoop. And I'm really. I'm. I'm willing to give you all the juices out of it. Okay. Now this is Jason Williams' white chocolate. Okay. Got you. Gotcha. Yep. He was. I. He he has something. To he's in there. Okay. And okay. it wasn't Jason Williams who did it. My okay. best friend, who I thought was my best friend, they went behind my back and lied to the Magic, telling them I wanted to be traded. Okay. And his name is. I'm gonna put his name out there. My best friend. He was supposedly my my uh, best friend. So I realized what my mom said. You got to pick and choose who your friends are. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And his name is Don Miller. Okay. And to this day, he's still floating around in Orlando. They lied to the Orlando Magic. The Magic never wanted to trade me, nor did I never wanted to leave Orlando. I was traded to Sacramento to go out there and babysit Jason Williams. Let's put it like that. Gotcha. And if anybody want to, if if anybody got something to say about it, and 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 want to uh, say that it's not the truth, come get me. I'm ready, willing, and able, and sit down in front of all parties involved. Gotcha. Gotcha. You. And we will do that. You, um, to me, um, the University of Illinois basketball team with Kendall Gill, uh, Stephen Bardo, Kenny Battle, Lowell Hamilton, and Marcus Liberty. Yep. You guys were the flying Illini. Um, that nickname was given by uh, Dick Vitale. You reached the Final Four in 1989. Um, is this a fair question to ask? Were you guys the Fab Five before the Fab Five? Oh, no question. No question. And I tell people this. Everybody always talking about that Michigan brought out the baggy shorts. No, you didn't. All you got to do is pull up the Indiana-Illinois game when we bust out our brand-new orange uniform. <laughs> You'll see the baggy shorts. Steve Bartle will inbound it. And it comes to Nick Anderson. Long, long jumper. Anderson. God! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Anderson hit that ball from long range at the gun. The Illini win it 70 to 67. He was 10 feet, Woo! 10 feet beyond the line. The arc. When he caught the ball on the sideline, he took a dribble and shot it. He's at the bottom of the pile over here. I don't know if you'll ever see him again. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is do that. If you don't, if you don't think so, go and pull it up. I hear that all the time. Well, Michigan brought out the baggy shorts. No, y'all didn't. We had baggy shorts before y'all. <laughs> no, you didn't. All you got to do is pull it up. We bust out our brand new orange uniforms against Indiana on national television. That's real. That's real. The Orlando Magic this season um, are an AC. Are an AC. Um, before you know the NBA went on hiatus, and we're still figuring out what's happening next. But they won three straight going into the hiatus, thirty and thirty-five record, uh, which is eighth uh, in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Markel Fultz has been playing well. Um, oh, I love the kid, man! I love how he he is. He just start playing basketball. You know when you 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 think so much, and and like I said, we already talked about this. You, you you know, you think about, you start questioning what you can do. Kid can always play. I'm just happy for him. Sure. Just happy for him to just go and play basketball. And that's the testament to this organization and how they they brought him along. That's all that is. Aaron Gordon. Would you have liked to have seen him win the NBA slam dunk contest? He did win it. In my eyes, he won it. <laughs> Ain't no way. In, in my eyes, he won it. 
Right. He wanted. I think he wanted. He's supposed to have been back to back NBA slam dunk champion. <laughs> back to back. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Everybody can see the same that. Stevie Wonder saw it. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. Don't worry. I got you on that one. I said it. I didn't know. <laughs> Respect to Stevie Wonder. That's an old yeah. school joke. Uh, that, yeah, you know, that's all know. it is. Exactly. Exactly. And everybody who's listening, keep a little humor and everything. <laughs> Nicole Vucevic. Nicole. Why is he so over, why is he so overlooked? Um again, we talked about you know having big names. You look at a seven footer and he's arguably is not top three or five most skilled big man in the league. He might not be as athletic, he can't run and jump as high as some guys, but if you want to stop and talk about skill set, his skill set is just as best, better than any other big guy in this league. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I am curious. To man, know. I ain't got nothing but time, man. I'm like, <laughs> I told you what I'm doing. I ain't got nothing but time. Sure. Do you want to see the NBA results? Oh, yeah. No question. This is the game I love. I love watching the young talent. I, I love watching the young talent. I want to see more of it. Uh, you know, it, under the circumstances, it, it's going to take time. And, you know, the people who are in charge, I know they're taking precautionary steps to make sure everything is right. And I commend them on that. It isn't about just one person. It's about everybody. So I'm ready for it to resume. I'm looking forward to it. And I know uh, it's coming back. It's just a matter of time. And, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be right when it come back. Uh, just bear with everybody and just wait for it. That's all. It, does this remind you at all of the lockout in 99? Yes, it does. Tell me more. Yes, it does. But uh, you know, you know, sitting around and playing the waiting game, and you know, you're missing something that you you love doing, and it's your livelihood. There's a lot that goes into it, you know, not only for the players, but players' families, uh, uh, partnerships, ownerships, everything. It just, it just. Put it in this word. It's just something now that's got to come to something that we all can agree upon. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just that benefits everybody collectively, not just individually, but collectively. Nick, were you after the semifinals um, and obviously going to the finals in '95 and playing Houston? Everybody's been talking about the Jordan Dome. I talked to Tracy Murray about it. I talked to oh, excuse me, I talked to Charles Barkley about it. Did you pop up at the Jordan Dome that summer? No, no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, get out there. I know a lot of the guys out there, Jawan Howard, Reggie Miller. You know, he's going down the down the line that were out there that participated, but I, I didn't. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Penny participated. 
So, no, I didn't. But, you know, we heard stories about the, the games and all that competition. What did you hear? Just how, you know, just how intense it was. And, and, and you could see that, uh, the fire and desire that he always possessed, it was, you know, it was, it was coming back. You know, yeah, I heard all that. Penny Hardaway to me. Um, That's I think my dude. You always, people always say these what ifs. You look at Grant Hill, you look at Penny, you look at even Tracy McGrady. Right. Where do you draw the line? Do you see any similarities between Penny and Tracy McGrady? Well, let me tell you this. What's up? Uh, Tracy McGrady told me, and he said this, that the reason he wore number one was because of Penny Hardaway. Right. So, that ought to tell you something. He seen himself in Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. So, that ought to tell you. There was a lot of similarities. But Penny was a, you know, look at the Penny game. Penny was a a, a, a distributor as well as a, a, a scorer. Penny could score the ball. He can do all that. Penny got everybody in, in, involved in the game. Not to say that Tracy didn't, but that was Penny's thing. Get everybody going, and then he can do his thing. McGrady was also a little taller and more of an air assault than Penny. Yeah, Tracy is every bit of, they say 6'8". Tracy every bit of 6'9". Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's long and lengthy. So we talked about the Ring of Honor. Trick question. All right, say the Magic start retiring jerseys. Do you really retire two number ones? How does that work? That, hey, that's a great question. You know what? I found out, the, and I'm going to just ask somebody and see what they say. Yeah. Cause I'm gonna ask, that's, yeah. A, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, because wow. because you think about it, right? All right, fine. Michael Jordan had his number twenty three jersey retired <laughs> in Miami because that's that's Pat Riley's doing, right? Right. You can't make this comparison because he was at a different point in his life. Magic Johnson was ready to give up his number thirty two to Carmelo when he came to L.A. Malone just chose his Olympic number eleven, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Even looking in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, you wouldn't retire his jersey. Trevor Reza won number one in Orlando. That's right. But yeah. I feel like Penny Hardaway should have had his jersey retired. At, like, at, because he influenced so many people. Like, I think Scottie Pippen and Penny Hardaway were, were, in, were influential in non-Michael ways. And that's no shade to Mike. They just had right, a level right, of right, 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 right. I just feel like Penny should get more credit or more respect or, or more homage, particularly because he's transitioning into that coaching role and more. Right. Penny, I say I tell you this, and I told a lot of other Penny people, Penny is that brother, that little brother that I never had. Hmm. Yeah. So I totally agree with you on everything you're saying. Grant Hill. Came to Orlando. 
and was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to fuse with Mike Miller, Tracy McGrady, Daryl Armstrong, and more. Matter of fact, technically, Daryl Armstrong was the two, Grant Hill was the one. Right. When you look at Orlando with 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 some um, Grand Hill, um, how excited were you when you when you did see Orlando try to make that push or reimagine what you guys had put together in '95? They made a assertive effort. I mean, you know, they were trying to trying to bring back that what we had, as you just mentioned. I was I was looking forward to it. You know, uh, it was unfortunate that you know Grant didn't get healthy as he wanted to be while he was here in Orlando. But I was looking forward to that. That was something that I wanted to see. Yeah. That's that's one thing that hurt me. You look again, you look at Penny, you look at Derrick Rose, you look at Grant Hill, guys that you wanted to see do well, but injuries just weren't their friend. Right. Where would you fit, fit in today's NBA era? You're a volume shooter. You can shoot the lights out. Would you would you have helped the Warriors win some extra championships had you had they had you on their team in this era? Oh, no question, because I was gonna be that guy. I like to play defense. I like to rebound the basketball. And I and not to toot my horn, I don't think you can leave me open to 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 take the ball out of Steph hands or Clay hands. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. I you know, I think I was uh uh, a good shooter, just like those guys. Last question. Um, Kenny Smith uh, came on the Scoopy Radio podcast some years ago, and we talked about um, not so much just about the magic, but more so the whole what if, if Michael hadn't retired um, scenario. And, um, you know, some people say had he not gone to play baseball, he would have won eight straight championships. But I'm sure the Orlando Magic would have something to say about that. I know where you're as, going. As, as well as the Houston Rockets. Exactly. So I'm going to just ask you, if Michael hadn't retired, would they have steamrolled through you guys? No, or would Houston still win those two championships? Mm, that's a great question. Those are great questions. I look at Houston, you know, what they possess, the challenges that they will give, they give teams. First of all, you start with a team in the middle. And look what he had around him. and. And I think Sam Cassell is one of the most craftiest point guards to play the game of basketball. He's, mm-hmm. His craft. You had Robert Horry that could shoot the outside shot. You know, I, I believe him and Pip would have been going at it. And then Clyde and MJ. But who was you going to have to to battle with Akeem in that middle? That's what you look at. Who? Who not on that Bulls roster? Right. Who on that Bulls roster? So that's that's what the challenge is. I personally think we're going to be right there. Who was going to challenge a team in the middle? Hmm. Yeah. I think um, – you bring up a lot of perspective there. I think um, I didn't realize I'm watching the last dance documentary how much transition it took to turn back from basketball to baseball player back to basketball player. It's, it's not an easy play. That's just like that's just like you asking a, 
a football player to come and play basketball right after his season over. Hmm. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a a difficult transition. Yeah. You know, yeah, you had a physical part, but it's the stop and go to you know, especially if you're a guard. Guarding coming guard guarding guys off of screens and stuff like that. It's just not that easy. People make you just put it like this, man. You you can fix your mouth to say anything. Mm-hmm. People just think it's that easy. People think it's easy to be a professional athlete. <laughs> it's not that easy. Oh, just all you got to do is go to practice. No, bro. It's not that easy. And that, I don't care if you're playing professional athlete. That's what it means, professional. Yeah. You got baseball, basketball, soccer. You think you can get out there and run with them boys on that soccer field all day? Heavens no. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that easy. Professional golfer. I love playing golf. But there's no way in heck that I go out and hit that ball like them. That ball be going in the woods. I'll be like, hey, man, I swung right. At least I thought I did. Mm-hmm. So it's it just it's just a whole lot of difference. There's a whole lot of areas that you have to work on that you think you don't have to work on. No, that's real. I got another yeah. question. I know I said it was my last question, but hey, man, go on uh, talk, bro. Go on talk. Be good. Harvey <laughs> Brent. Oh, Brent. Me and you, me and you bumped into each other back in the fall. Right? I was in the area of vacation. I was like, oh, they go Nick. Um. I remember standing outside. That was actually when I bumped into you. My first time ever going to an America to an Orlando Magic home game. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing outside and seeing like Horace Grant with the black, the black, white, and blue goggles. Um, and, and it was in Orlando that I kind of realized his jumper was 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 uh, was deadly. That fourteen, yes, he was that fifteen foot jumper, and especially that what we call that pick and roll, that pick and pop. Yeah, play. We we had a play called fourteen, and that was the one that was Penny and Horace, mm-hmm. the one and the four come and set the screen. So you had to contest with Penny coming all, around the screen, shooting a shot, or getting to the middle, and doing his thing. But if you help, if that four man helped and strung the the one man out, all Penny did was because of his height, he just. Turn back and Horace will be standing there wide open, right there at the elbow or in the corner. I used to say, because I've seen him hit it so many times, I thought, like, oh, this is money. And he'd knock it down. Hmm. But he had that he had that jump shot. Six ten, they could step out, shoot that jump shot. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Was the transition for Horace coming from Chicago to Orlando? Um that big of a transition for him playing wise? I I don't think I don't think so because he 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 you played with MJ. Mm-hmm. You know where the ball was going first, and then we had you, you had you had Shaq. You know the big fella gonna touch that ball, Penny, and then you look at Penny and, and Shaq was MJ and and and, and Scotty. Those are the first two options. Hmm. Those are the first two options right there. 
Where did he grow? Like, or, or how do you think his play was different? Because I feel like in Chicago, he was just more of a rebounder. In Orlando, he had more of a, divine, a defined role. Well, because he can defend the four. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, he can hit that, that jump shot. And uh, he brought leadership. He brought hmm. playoff He brought leadership. He brought playoff experience. He brought all of that. When I look at uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, to me, in today's NBA era, um, Joel Embiid's footwork reminds me a lot of Hakeem's. Do you see a comparison there? It's somewhat similar. It's somewhat. I'm not saying Joe Joe Embiid got a long way to go when you're talking about that dream shaking, that footwork down in the post, but I can see some similarities. I can see yeah. something there. I see Chris Webber too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I see that. And this is my own opinion. I think Joel Embiid don't know how good he can actually be. Hmm. I don't. I don't think he he if he got in the gym and he got in better shape, mm-hmm. he would be unstoppable. Hmm. I think he would be unstoppable. I I personally think. He's overweight. Hmm. Tip top Joel. A tip top Joel Embiid would be the best. Well, he still is the best big man in the in the league right now, in my opinion. But there there wouldn't be no question. You wouldn't you wouldn't question anything else about him. You don't consider Anthony Davis a big man, or you consider him more of a power forward? I think I, I consider him more of a power forward. Gotcha. Does he remind you of okay. Duncan? Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he reminds me uh, of Duncan. But okay. think of Anthony Davis in our era. Mm-hmm. When you, there's no way in hell that he can guard Akeem Olajuwon, Shaq, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. Not, not, on no, not, not down in that post. He couldn't do it. Yeah, and it's funny because you talk about Ray Allen. Ray Allen told me last year that um, when he looks at, like, the big man position, he feels like he's making a comeback. And then what did you see this summer? You saw Taco Fall coming to Boston. And, you know, they're trying to figure out his role. Then you, you got Aiden and Phoenix. You got, you got Davis. You got um, uh, Embiid. You have you have Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. We were spoiled because I think Shaq was one of the last of the big men, but I also think Dwight Howard was ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, you I think at, Dwight. What you said? Yeah. I think Dwight was ahead of his time. Because now all those players are dribbling the basketball, playing on the outside, going outside in. Rasheed Wallace was ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like Davis could guard or would at least attempt to play defense against Rasheed. Yeah. Versus Sabonis would be outside his range because I don't think Sabonis could guard somebody like Anthony Davis. That is true. There's there's this, there's this benefits and then there's this then then there's hey hey I I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think I talked to Ero, but 
I'm glad that we could get this done. It's been two years in the making. Yeah, it's all good, bro. Anytime. And uh, and I still want that answer to that question about their retirement. Okay, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm ask because I I would like an answer. That's a yeah. great question. Yeah, I would like an answer to to see what would be said about that. Yeah, I would definitely I would definitely ask. And when I receive an answer, I'll give you one. Man, you guys got a whole era of guys that need to be had their jersey retired. Shaq, Penny, <laughs> T-Mac, yourself, Daryl Armstrong, Scott Skiles, a lot of guys. Yes, sir. Uh, well, well, we'll see what what's going to take place, if, yes, if anything. Yes, sir. Brother, yeah. thank you for your time. Anytime, man. You Just call me anytime you want to just top it up, man. We... Just chop it up. My man. All good. My man. I'll talk to you yes, soon. sir. All right, baby. This is Scooby Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.